Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bow, and myself continue our discussion on Article 3 of the Augsburg Confession, the person of Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I'm Pastor Brett Bow, and I have with me Pastor Jason Goodham and Pastor Brian. And we're all here, unified persons. We're not dividing our natures between... Three persons, but one podcast. Ooh. <laughs> Heresy. Heresy. Gosh. Gosh. Oh, that's posh. Boom. Did I just compare us to the Trinity? <laughs> no. Oh, Lord, oh, forgive us, please. That's so bad. Maybe not smite us down yeah, right. with wrath and fury. Good thing I don't believe in karma. Yeah. And good thing I believe yeah. in repentance. Yes. <laughs> Oh, so where, where do we go from we there? Are talking about the two natures of Jesus Christ. Yeah, right. we get to we focused heavily last week on the divine nature of Christ yeah, because yeah. of the way it was described in John 1:14. Today, yeah. it's good that we round that off by talking about mm-hmm. the human nature of Christ. Mm-hmm. That's uh, also right. described in John 1:14. And, and that's why I was trying to make that joke yep. of splitting the two yeah. emphasis on one nature and one and the other nature and the other. Yeah, we're talking about the same Jesus. We're yes. just talking about the human nature. Right. And so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we talked about the setup for last week. When you look at John one fourteen, it, it's kind of got an ABA pattern. The, it talks about the word as Christ's divine nature. Why not, why not NBA? Because N is a different letter than A. <laughs> <laughs> it talks about the word as Christ's divine nature, the word became flesh. And then the human nature part of John 1.14 is became flesh and tabernacled among mm-hmm. us or dwelt among Tended, us. Yeah. Uh, and then we have beheld his glory. Glory is the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. And that's, again, mm-hmm. uh, it, it starts off with his divine nature and then it rounds it out. Christ, full of grace and truth. The whole Christ is the expression of God's grace and truth. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of our little pocket Bible study on that verse. But that... The word became flesh, that's incarnation, and dwelt or tabernacled among us. That's kind of our focus for today. Mm-hmm. And, and the launching point of what we're going to be talking about, if you recall when Brett, when you uh, read the article last mm-hmm. week, mm-hmm. Um, it kind of sounded like you were reading the second article of the Apostles' Creed. Yeah, right. It's really the foundation mm-hmm. of our confession just goes back to that very early church confession that talks mm-hmm. about everything that Christ did as human in the flesh, he did for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was almost like the Chalcedonian Creed and the Apostles' Creed kind of. Yeah, it's just mashed together. up together. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, and, you know, kind of what we were leaving off last week was with this idea that all good theology is practical and relevant, this yes. gets gives us an opportunity to go back to my home in the catechism, grab the Apostles' Creed, bring it forward, and remember the sheer value mm-hmm. of the Apostles' Creed for our Christian lives on a Amen. day-to-day basis. And in, in regard to this, we have men- we already mentioned the Chalcedonian Creed a couple of times. It, you know, listener, if you haven't read through that, you should. It's really good. Mm-hmm. And um, we won't get into the, his- the historical aspect, but we touched on it last episode, uh, of how Leo the Great, um, one of the good popes, mm-hmm. uh, wrote <laughs> Leo's tome, and I, it's, I think it's one of the best sections that describes the two natures of Christ in the way that we now believe, teach, and confess. And he basically had to weed through heretical statements that were, you know, heretical 
you know, maybe not from an intentional standpoint, but at a heart to try to understand uh, the two natures of Christ as per Scripture and how it re- how it re- is revealed to us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I just got to get this out of my system right now. <laughs> the Good Popes sounds like a synth band from the 80s. Oh, cool. <laughs> I would listen to them. I'd listen to the Good Popes. <laughs> I won't even say I'm that. I'm going to derail that one. Right? <laughs> really easy with all the music that's probably running through both of our heads. But yeah, no, it it, it is. It's it's a great statement on the two natures of Christ. And uh, I love, you know, it's it's kind of pithy too, the way he goes about it, because there's there's two historical figures kind of fighting against each other, one from Alexandria, one from Antioch. And he's like, neither one of you guys are right. It's this, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, the, yeah, this, that's the way the formula of Concord is set up, yeah. is they'll present the controversy. One side was saying this, the other side was saying this. They're both idiots. This is what we need to be talking mm-hmm. about. Chemnitz does that sometimes too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, again, it, it, it serves as a reminder for us in our topic today, just to try to rein ourselves back in here, that good theology finds the tension mm-hmm. and holds on to it yeah. rather than falling off either side of the yeah. horse. You know, overreacting to bad theology mm-hmm. with more bad theology doesn't help anyone. No, yeah, and the church good. has done that for years. Well, it's you know, the the perfect example of that is baptism, where you have, you know, just by means of getting wet, you get saved, you know, you have that Roman concept of ex opere operato, that baptism ends up as your golden ticket to heaven. Well, to fall off the other horse is to say that baptism has no value for the Christian life whatsoever, is you find that tension and you hold it there, find where that pendulum is straight up and down, mm-hmm. and that's where the truth and the comfort is going to be. Mm-hmm. The same thing works with all theology, and here it works with the two natures of Christ. You yeah. know, you're, throughout history, you're going to have the heretics that emphasize one over the other or one or the other, and you need both. And, and we said it last week too, you need both or you lose salvation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we mentioned last, we ended kind of uh, with an encouragement of why this is important. Uh, Christ is worthy. And I believe some people will say, well, yeah, I, I don't need theology. I just need Jesus which is kind of an oxymoron mm-hmm. statement anyway. And <laughs> Good I thing can you say didn't other just things say too. Moronic but if you if you think about, you know, the word theology, it's got theos, God, and logos. Mm-hmm. Word. Um, yeah, the word, Christ, together. And so it's basically knowledge of God is revealed by Christ, mm-hmm. as in John 1.18. Why is that bad? And why would you not want to get to know as best you could, mm-hmm. as revealed in Scripture, the great, wonderful Savior who saved you? Mm-hmm. And I, I believe there is a bit of an, an apathetic approach to this, maybe especially in the American church that needs to be revived, that we just seek to know Jesus Christ, fully God, fully man, in the way that honors, respects, and is, mm-hmm. is accurate uh, description mm-hmm. and comprehension of who he is. Right. So so what is it about the Jesus being fully man that we need to take away in our so much. <laughs> well, you, the the starting point of Christ's humanity from a Christian perspective is it puts our uh, redemption and it puts all of the message of Scripture into a historical mm-hmm. context. If you look from 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 the perspective of apologetics, mm-hmm. the one thing uh, Christianity has going for it is that in theory it can be disproved Mm -hmm. now that's a weird way to say it 
but you look at it in such a way, every other world religion mm-hmm. is based off of a deity. In, or deities. A deity, well, or deities. Yeah you know, directly and secretly communicating information to a prophet, that prophet preaching, and then people deciding whether or not to go along with it. Mm-hmm. Basically every other world religion, right? And, and to an extent, we have to be careful how we say it because of the nature of the Old Testament. That's how Judaism works. Mm-hmm. God spoke to the prophets and the prophets preached. Now it just so happens that Christianity uphold the, the mm-hmm. Old Testament history of Judaism, because that's how God was preparing us for Christ. Mm-hmm. What separates Christianity from everything is that in the midst of it all, God became flesh mm-hmm. yep. and he stepped into human history. And, and so you, you get this notion, if someone could credibly and reliably produce the body of Christ— Christianity ends. Mm-hmm. We don't get to make the pious objection. Well, I would still believe because it, the Bible has rooted that out in First mm-hmm. Corinthians fifteen. Uh, yes. If there's no resurrection, we of all people are most yeah. to be pitied. Yeah. Right, and it's it's an amazing thing that the God of the universe, all knowing, all powerful, everywhere present, has staked his reputation on the flesh and blood of Christ in human history. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But again, if God wanted people to be saved, he would have them be saved in such a way that we could know it and confess it with absolute certainty. And that's what the incarnation of Christ does for us. Mm -hmm. It also reminds us that God came uh, and got us and Mm -hmm. almost every other religion in the world, we have to work our way up to, to God. And so grace versus works. Um, is another separation there. And, and Jesus left the 99 and went after that one. And mm-hmm. each one of us who are saved is that one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thing. Yeah. Have you guys heard of the, there's a new, new-ish TV show called The Chosen where they, they try to, they're, I think they're making a, episodes of like the life of Christ and some of the... All of that stuff just terrifies me to no end. I know. I, usually <laughs> usually for me too, but I, I heard uh, somebody talking about that today. And, and I was just in, intrigued by that because they were talking about how they're trying to emphasize the, the human nature of Christ. Not in a... I don't think they're trying to... <laughs> not in a... I mean, we'd have to watch it or whatever, but I, I'm just intrigued by the the drive to do that and the drive to... yeah. To see it's, that Jesus was fully man, like he he worked in his father's carpentry shop and mm-hmm. and those types of things. We and we can go back almost twenty years now to the Passion of the Christ. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I should say, as a Christian, I'm torn with this because on the one hand, I get really nervous about people taking artistic license mm-hmm. with Scripture. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, we should, in fact, want good art right. about yeah. our faith to be made. Right yep. and. And I mean, paintings require artistic license mm-hmm. and music requires artistic license. And so, you know, I, I should back that off just a little yeah, bit. But I understand. You know, we, we think about the passion of the Christ. I think it was done mostly well. Well, and you I know, think and, you're reacting to some of the really poorly done ones. Well, and, you know? and yeah, I'm reacting right. to a vast majority of Christian art is awful. Yeah. Right. You know, the, I, I guess contemporary the, Christian. I wasn't necessarily asking for like a commentary no, on I that. Know. Uh, what I'm t- what I'm trying to 
drive our discussion is why why are we so interested in thinking about Jesus as a human well, a, almost be, more than the the God God man we, part of him? Maybe it's because we should be. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about how much time the Old Testament spends prophesying about Christ mm-hmm. and what they're prophesying in I would say a majority of the prophecies are Christ's human actions. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we we get a sense of the divinity of Christ in passages like Daniel 7 and and depending on how you feel about theophanies, Christophanies mm-hmm. in Isaiah 6 yep. and things like that. But but for the most part, the prophecies of Christ are all talking about Christ in the flesh for humanity. So mm-hmm. you know, Genesis 3.15 mm-hmm. is Christ in the flesh. Mm-hmm. And Isaiah 7 and Isaiah 9 mm-hmm. are Christ. Isaiah 53, yes. Christ in the flesh. Uh, the Zechariah passages mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. Christ are Christ in the flesh, yeah. right? And it's the idea of God coming to earth mm-hmm. should capture the imagination. It yeah. should, it should yep. really intrigue us and inspire us. I mean, you know, uh, Lion, the Witch, in the Wardrobe. Mm-hmm. You know, C.S. Lewis is trying to artistically capture mm-hmm. that and, and put those images into our imaginations. Mm-hmm. No, it is good. I think another aspect um, that's, I believe, really strongly revealed in the book of Hebrews uh, is that because Christ was made like his brothers and sisters in every respect, and because he made the once and for all sacrifice that paid for the totality of the sin of humanity, but because he became fully human, he can sympathize with us. We do not have a high priest mm-hmm. who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but who one in mm. every respect has suffered what we have and yet was without sin. Mm-hmm. Therefore, come boldly before the throne of grace. To, to have a God who is both human and God. Again, those two natures never intermingle. Uh, They are kept separate, but he is one undivided person, a person of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. But the fact that he can identify with what we're going through Mm -hmm. and in some way, shape, or form has gone through everything we've gone through and can identify and help us to give us grace, to me that's one of the most amazing and and, um, ministering aspects of the two natures of Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. and I know we're going to get to this, but the two natures of Christ are also extremely important mm-hmm. in our theology of the Lord's Supper. Um, all of the differences of, of the view of uh, the presence of Christ's body and blood and the elements of mm-hmm. communion are actually played out through the theology of the two natures of Christ, mm-hmm. uh, through Calvin, through Luther, and the Zwingli. Catholic Church. Yeah, and Zwingli. So yeah, it gets everything from an ordinance all the way to transubstantiation mm-hmm. and then the two in the middle. But yeah, it's really, it's fascinating, but it is important. And so again, uh, listener, if your eyes mm-hmm. are glazing over, just do everything you can to engage this because it is important. I love what, uh, I believe it was Tertullian and it was also, I think, repeated through other church fathers that if Christ did not become fully human mm-hmm. in every respect, we are not saved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what Christ did not, what is what is that quote? What, assume. What Christ did not assume, he did not redeem. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. And this uh, is when they were arguing, well, did he have a soul? Why would Jesus need a soul? Um, but he, Athanasian Creed, yeah. reasonable soul. Yeah, yeah exactly. But he, he did. You know, and we have to acknowledge that because every respect in Hebrews means every respect. Mm-hmm. And we have to consider that. And so when you look at these two natures, the difficulty is you've got to look at the whole 
of old of all old and new testament mostly new testament but you got to look at the whole thing you can't it's not just one book that eat that really lays it out though most of it comes from the gospel of john in my opinion but there's aspects of it that come from every single new testament book of the bible mm-hmm. well and, and you've captured on it too this idea of jesus well both his natures but his especially living that out in human flesh for 33 years mm-hmm. on planet earth really emphasizes the for you nature mm-hmm. of what he did. And yes. one of the most marvelous things about the gospel accounts as historical records of Jesus is that they really do an effective job mm-hmm. at painting the picture that nothing Jesus did was trivial or unimportant. Yeah, Every part of him being here with us was for us. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. His, his incarnation mm-hmm. for us, his birth his nativity for us, you know, his, the, the trip to the temple as a 12 year old, mm-hmm. you know, for us, the, the life and ministry his and teaching, mm-hmm. his baptism for us, his temptation for us. And then obviously, you know, Holy Week and the passion and the trial and beating and death, uh, all for us. But that's what rounds us back to the topic mm-hmm. of being built on the Chalcedonian and on the yep. Apostles' Creed. The things that we uh, confess in the second article of the Apostles' Creed, that, that's what they're for. Yeah. That, you know, I believe in Jesus Christ, you know, and all mm-hmm. of the things are for us. And, yeah. and that's what can, that's the stuff of our redemption. Now, mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's a it's a technical theological term, but it really applies here. What we're talking about in this for you nature of what Christ has done is his active obedience and his passive obedience. Yeah. That uh, actively Christ fulfilled the whole law of God for us in our place mm-hmm. by living a totally sinless life. The other aspect of the full humanity of Christ is that he's our second Adam. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he mm-hmm. came mm-hmm. and accomplished what For Adam as in Adam in. all day. So yep. not only was he mm-hmm. representing all of Israel, he was representing all of humanity as he was tempted by mm-hmm. the devil. And uh, obviously, you know, didn't give in to that temptation, but lived that sinless, perfect life that we could not, mm-hmm. so that he could be the spotless once and for all sacrifice mm-hmm. that paid for the totality of the of the sin of the world. The other side of that is that if we, we start to remove his deity, then it doesn't become eternally inexhaustible. Correct. So absolutely, it's crucial to mm-hmm. understand that both natures are absolutely vital and crucial in the mm-hmm. salvation of humanity. Yeah, if, if Jesus isn't fully God, he doesn't conquer death. It's not eternal. Yeah, exactly. And it's not <laughs> eternally inexhaustible for, yep. for all humanity. But if Jesus isn't fully man... Then he can't stand in our place. Then we're, he can't yeah, we're be not our saved. substitute. It's the the same principle works for Jesus as God as it works with the blood of bulls and goats in Hebrews ten. Yeah, it talks about the blood of bulls and goats could never take away sin. It was just a picture of what God was going to do in Christ. Yep. The reason why that doesn't work is that the blood of bulls and goats they're not an equal substitute. No, you know, and they all pointed forward to well, the once and for mm-hmm. all sacrifice. The, the analogy I use in my class at church for this is: imagine that you're farming, and one of your children, due to a careless error of your neighbor, is killed tragically in a farming accident. And the neighbor, broken up about it, feels terrible about it. I feel bad. Here's a cow to replace your son. It doesn't work that way, right? Yeah, it's, it's, right. It's, it's not the same. It, it, it's not an equivalent. Jesus becomes fully human, 
can step into our shoes, yeah. can be that substitute. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then this notion that uh, his divine nature, he's perfectly sinless. Mm-hmm. It means that he's not being tried for his own sins. He's not being condemned for his own sins. He's not being killed for his own sins. He's being killed for our sins. The yeah. whole doctrine of imputation is based on the two natures of Christ. Absolutely. Mm-hmm, and we mm-hmm. just have to be so careful even in that, that to acknowledge that even though uh, his deity was not separated from his humanity in the suffering of Christ. Mm-hmm. The deity aspect did not suffer or was humiliated in any way, shape, or form. Uh, that's a straight Chemnitz thing, because God can, mm-hmm. can't and, be humiliated. And, and mm-hmm. Luther talks about at the same time, mm-hmm. because two persons, one Christ, yeah. we are permitted to say, mm-hmm. because of the Bible, that God died. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, but know? just understanding the, the depth of that, and just, I think it's really, again, hopefully what it does... Is, is causes you to say, wow, even if you have a, a headache at this point, that you say, wow, he went through so much for me. God did mm-hmm. such a miraculous thing that I can't even really wrap my head around the whole thing, but you can see the necessity mm-hmm. of it, of why the humanity is necessary, why the deity is necessary. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, like so many parts of theology, if we start playing it fast and loose with individual elements we're Mm. uncomfortable with, Mm -hmm. uh, the first thing that's going to crumble is our assurance. We're going to lose confidence in our salvation. And with assurance, ultimately your salvation goes out the door altogether. Mm -hmm. Amen. I thought you were going to say vocation. Hey, also vocation. (laughs) All right. We got it in there. Yeah, right. (laughs) I don't think we said it it last last episode, did we? Well, we didn't say it last episode at all. And you know, if, if we really do want to pay a little bit more than lip service to our buzzword, uh, what's interesting in the person of Christ and the two natures of Christ is that the the focus has shifted completely because in Christ we see God's vocation. Yeah, yeah. In yeah. Christ we see God serving His neighbor. And, That's good. And and again, mind blown. Christ becoming flesh. Yep becomes our neighbor and we become his neighbors. Yes. And in a beautiful way, it kind of sets, uh, quote unquote, the gold standard as our example, mm-hmm. you know, as how to love our neighbor as yeah. ourselves. And, and, and Lutherans need to do a better job of talking about this. It is not a wrong thing to talk about Christ, even in his death as our example. Exactly. We don't talk about it exclusively or no. primarily as mm-hmm. our example, yep. but it is there for yep. us. And that's for discipleship and for mm-hmm. growth and for sanctification. So. And for mm-hmm. repentance. Absolutely. Uh. Amen. Well, since we're talking about this and in the importance of it, I thought it'd be good to read 1 John chapter 4, uh, verses 1 through 3, if I could. Actually, 3a, so quote unquote. <laughs> I know. Uh, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Please join us next time as we continue our discussion on the third article of the Augsburg Confession. God bless you and have a great week.